Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 13. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. This third grade Sunday school teacher was given a Bible lesson on the commandment Honor thy father and mother. And she asked a question. Does anyone know the commandment for your brothers and sisters? And the little girl raised her hand in the back and she said, Thou shalt not kill? <laughs> yeah, she's on to something. It's hard to live sometime with saints below. But God wants us to love one another. Somebody say amen. Here's some homework for you. Go home. Interesting study. Go home and do a study on the one another's in the Bible. On the one another's in the Bible. So many, so many. Here's just a few. The Bible says don't challenge one another. Don't complain against one another. Don't devour one another. Don't envy one another. Don't judge one another. Don't lie to one another. Don't speak against one another. Don't be a hater toward one another. No, the Bible doesn't say that. I just (laughs) threw that in. Y'all like, the Bible said that? Don't be a hater. I thought that was new. No, ain't nothing new under the sun. Although that's not in the Bible. But we are to, listen, accept one another, admonish one another, bear one another's burdens. Jesus said, love one another. That's a command, not a suggestion. Now listen, saints, here's an inescapable fact. God has created us. Listen to me. If you've been tuned out, tune in right here. God has created us for one another. He's created us for one another. I told you in the past. You were not made to survive on your own. You need the church, and the church needs you. There's no such tell of a Long Ranger Christian. Amen. No, you're not to be a Long Ranger Christian. Listen, the church will survive without you, but you will not survive without the church. The church will survive without you because the church is built on the rock, Jesus Christ. Upon this rock, I shall build my church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The church will survive without you, but you will not survive without the church because Satan is waiting for you to separate yourself from the church so he can then begin to play with your mind and get in your mind. And that's exactly what happens. Saints say amen. You know what I'm talking about. That's exactly what happens. People have trials and situations, and life comes at you fast. And immediately, the first thing they do is stop coming to church. Now, I don't understand that. Because, listen, church is the place you need to be when you're going through something. Am I right about it? Church is the place you need to be. Because it's in church that that you're going to hear God's word. 
It's in church that you're going to be encouraged. It's in church that you're going to uh, uh, hear the word of God that's going to make, make a change in your situation. It's in church that you might get an answer to that situation thing that you're dealing with. You need to come to church. Somebody once said, church is the best place to be, but the hardest place to get when you're going through a trial. But you need to get here because if you don't, Satan will play with that mind. See, the mind is where the battle is. The battle is for your mind. It's not for your body. The battle is for your mind because your body tells your, your mind tells your body what to do. So the battle, Satan's trying to get your mind. That's why the Bible has so much to say. Here's another study for you. Do a study on the mind. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Do a study on the mind. The mind is hugely important in the Christian life. Here the Bible tells us to love one another. Jesus says, as I have loved you. Verse 34. How did Jesus love us? Selfless, sacrificial, forgiving. And our love for each other ought to be selfless, sacrificial, and forgiving. God didn't talk about how much he loved us. He didn't write poems about how much he loved us. He didn't write songs about how much he loved us. Listen, he never even said face to face to a person, I love you. Did you know that? He never looked at an individual, searched the scriptures, see if these things are so. He never looked at a person and said, hey, hey, love you, man. Hey, hey, dude, love you. He never did that. Jesus, because Jesus wasn't into sloppy agape. He wasn't into sloppy. People, you know, hey, I love you, man. Love you, man. I love you. Oh, man, I love you so much. Hey, man, give me a hug. I love you. Love you, love you, love you, love you. Jesus wasn't into that. Jesus didn't do that. He didn't look at an individual and say, I love you. What he did was he showed us how much he loved us. For God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He showed us how much, Romans 5, 8, he showed us how much he loved us. He didn't talk about it. He showed us. Are you glad about it? Are you glad about it? Are you glad about it? In verse 35, look at verse 35. By this all will know that you are my disciples. The word all, listen, includes the world. Everybody. The world is looking at your life. And if they don't see love, they have every right to conclude that you're not a disciple. It's unfortunate. The world sees Christians gossiping and backbiting and talking about each other and criticizing each other and church splits and I don't like them and they don't like me. The world looks at the church and they say, I don't see much love. I don't know whether or not this stuff is for real. I don't want anything to do with that because they don't see love. The church is looking for Christians to love each other. And it's really interesting. People who, or the world's looking for Christians to love each, to love each other. The, the world, you know, they, they, they know a couple scriptures. It's very interesting. People who don't know Jesus, they know a couple Bible verses. Like, they know the one, judge not and be ye not judged. Don't they? It's like amazing. You know, hey man, you know, you need to do this, right? And you know, God's, maybe God's not pleased with that. And you know, probably shouldn't walk that way and do this kind of thing. Hey man, judge not and be ye not judged. I'm like, when did you start reading the Bible? Oh, don't judge me. They know that one. And they also know Christians ought to love one another. And the world is looking at the church. And if they don't see love, then we are blaspheming the name of the Lord. Because of a lack of love, 
If we had the kind of love that Jesus is talking about, we would devastate the world. The DNA of the Christian is that of love for each other and love for God and loving each other. Listen, loving each other and loving God go hand in hand. You can't separate the two. You can't have one without the other. You can't. People say, I've heard people say this. Well, you know what? I love God, but I don't like Christians. I love God, but I don't want anything to do with the church. I love God, but I hate the church. Listen, you can't love God and hate the church because God is connected to the church. We are one body and Christ is the head. And if you separate the head from the body, that's a monstrosity, not a blessing. Amen. You can't love God and not love his people. John said that. 1 John 4.20, if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he lies. And how can he say he loves God whom he has not seen if he does not love his brother who he can see? Loving each other, caring for each other, encouraging each other, supporting each other, being there for each other, having each other's back is a way of saying, I love the name of God. I love God. When you show love for each other, you're telling the world that I'm a Christian. Our final point, his loyalty in verse 36 through 38. His Lord's glory, his love, and finally, his loyalty. These ingredients wrap up the Christian, uh, committed Christian. In verse 36, go ahead and look at it. Jesus has been talking about he was leaving. Look at verse 33. Back up to verse 33. Jesus said, where I'm going, you can't come. So Peter says, Lord, where are you going in verse 36? Now, all this talk about Jesus leaving was really bothering Peter. And Peter couldn't stand the thought of Jesus leaving. Write this down. Matthew 16, 21. Jesus is talking to his disciples about his soon coming death. He says, I'm going to Jerusalem and suffer at the hands of the Pharisees and they're going to kill me. And I'm going to rise again from the dead in three days. Well, then in Matthew 16, go read in your own time. Peter motions Jesus. Peter's talking about he's going to die. And Peter says, uh, Jesus, can you step over here for a second? Step over here for a second. Jesus goes over there and Peter says, listen, Jesus, I realize you're the Messiah and all, but you can't go to the cross. You can't. You can't go away, Peter says. And Jesus, the Bible says, rebuked him and said, get thee behind me, Satan. You don't care about the things of God, but of men. Peter was trying to hinder Jesus from the preordained plan and purpose of God. Verse 36, Peter said, Lord, where are you going? Implied, because I'm coming with you. You can't get rid of me that easy. Now, Jesus is going to die and go to the Father. He tells Peter, you can't follow me now, but you shall follow me, listen, afterward. And they did, all of the disciples, except a few, did follow him afterward because we know that Peter was crucified upside down because he didn't feel worthy to be crucified right side up. James was thrown down from the temple. He didn't die. He was then stoned. He didn't die. And then they cut him in half. Thomas, at the age of 94, was beaten to death with a fuller's club. Nero tried to kill John by boiling him in oil. He didn't die. And they sent him to Patmos. And that's where John got the revelation of Jesus Christ, the book of Revelation. So Peter didn't want to accept the fact that he couldn't go with Jesus now. But Jesus said, you will follow me 
in my suffering later. Listen, Jesus is not asking us to die for him. He's asking us to live for him. Amen. He's asking us, I'll wait while you clap your hands. He's asking us to live for him. As committed Christians in verse 37, look at it. You got to love Peter's loyalty. Peter said, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. In other words, Jesus, if you're going to die, I'll be happy to die with you right now. And you know your Bibles. Peter would make statements out of self-confidence. And because, listen, because his devotion was based on emotion. His devotion was based on emotion. What do I mean? Matthew chapter 26, verse 33. Peter said, even if all are made to stumble because of you, Jesus, I will never be made to stumble. Matthew 26, 35. Even if I have to die with you, Jesus, I will not deny you. And the other disciples said, absolutely us either. Luke 23, 33. Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison, Peter said, and to death. And here in our text, Lord, I will lay down my life for you, for your sake. I'll be happy to die with you. I'm ready to die with you right now. In verse 38, Jesus said, will thou lay down thy life for my sake? Will you really do that, Peter? Jesus said, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me. How many times, saints? Three times. The rooster crowing, listen, signified a certain time. On the Jewish watch or clock, um, there were four groups of times. And the rooster crowing would have been somewhere around 12 a.m. to 3 a.m. Then Peter would hear the rooster crow after he denied the Lord. The rooster would crow at 3 a.m. Now let's back up just a bit. Matthew chapter 26, Luke 22, put the stories together. Tell us when Jesus was arrested, Peter Followed a distance, at a distance. Remember, he followed afar off. They brought Jesus to the high priest's house. Luke 22 tells us they made a fire in the courtyard and Peter sat down by the fire. Here's the problem with the unrighteous. Hmm? A servant girl looked at Peter and said, hey, you were with Jesus in Galilee. And Peter said, I don't know what you're talking about. Another little girl saw him and said, yeah, it was you. You were with Jesus. And again, Peter denies it. And this time he starts swearing. God love Peter. Yeah, I crossed my heart and hoped to die. It wasn't me. I don't know the man. And then Peter began to say, or then the people, pardon me, began to say, you are with Jesus. You are one of them. I can hear it in your speech. You sound like a Galilean. You've got a Galilean accent. Interesting. Peter would have died for Jesus, but couldn't tolerate being laughed at for Jesus. To him, a servant girl's tongue was sharper than an executioner's sword. And Peter began to curse and swear, and the rooster crowed, remember? And at that moment, get this in your mind's eye, get this in your mind's eye. At that moment, Jesus was being led out of the house of Caiaphas. And Jesus made eye contact with Peter. And keep in mind, when Jesus, y'all getting this scene? When Jesus made eye contact with Peter, his face is bloodied, his face is swollen, his eyes are so swollen that they're almost shut. Uh, he's been whipped and beaten and, and, and punched and, and all kinds of cruel treatment. So they bring him out of the house of Caiaphas. And, and right at that moment that they bring him out, they, Jesus and Peter's eyes meet. 
Are you with me? Their eyes meet. And, 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 and it was at that time that Peter remembered Jesus said, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And Peter looked into the eyes of Jesus and all the emotion caved in. And this big, tough, rugged, burly fisherman, he just broke down and he cried. He went outside and he cried. Why? Because I believe Peter could see the look of love and compassion on Jesus' face. You've heard me say this. I don't believe that you can look into the eyes of God and not be affected. Not possible. So Peter and Jesus' eyes meet and Peter could see the love. Peter could see the compassion. Peter could see, can see the eyes of Jesus and, and, and look into his face. And that look on Jesus' face crushed Peter, and they led him away. And also at that moment, P- Peter realized that he wasn't as great as he thought he was. At that moment, Peter came to the end of himself. And listen, when you come to the end of yourself, then you come to the beginning of God. And you can't come to the beginning of God until you come to the end of yourself. Did you get that? You can't come to the beginning of God until you come to the end of yourself. Well, tradition tells us in the years to come, people would crow, they would see Peter, and they would crow um, like a rooster when they saw Peter to remind him of his weakness in the flesh. Now listen, up till now, Peter wasn't loyal to the Lord, but Peter finally passed the test. He finally preached. He finally suffered. He finally died for the Lord. Listen, the first part of Peter's story is sad, but as you read the Bible, and I'm coming in for a landing, as you read the Bible, you see post Holy Spirit falling on the church. Acts chapter 2. After Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit, you know the story, fell on the church and everybody began to speak in tongues and the Holy Spirit Spirit fell on Peter as well. And after the Holy Spirit fell on Peter, you see a completely different Peter. Now you see a Peter that's confident in Christ. Now you see a Peter who's preaching the gospel. Now you see a Peter who's leading 3,000 people, the first 3,000 people to ever come into the church and started this thing we have on Sunday morning. Peter preached that sermon. And it was an awesome sermon because when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be different. You won't be the same. I'll say a better amen than that. You won't be the same because the Bible says if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. And behold, all things pass away and all things become new. Peter was mightily used by God, writing two books in the New Testament or two epistles in the New Testament, and then finally being crucified upside down for the name of Christ. So listen, I tell you that to tell you this. It is never too late to turn around. If you've been disloyal to Jesus, then make up your mind to stop today. If you've denied him, then make up your mind to stop today and never deny him again. And listen, We've all denied the Lord on some level. Uh, And why do only five people say amen? We've all denied the Lord on some level. Amen. Amen. And just because a servant girl hasn't questioned you about your relationship to Jesus doesn't mean you haven't denied him. We deny him every day in so many ways. There's so many ways, too numerous to list. But primarily, if you don't give your heart to him, that's denial. If your heart condemns you and you fail to listen to your heart, That's denial. And would to God that Christians today would be committed and loyal to God and never deny him in word or in action. 
And I'm glad for this sermon. And I'm glad God gave me an opportunity to share this with you because I do believe that we are living in perilous times and they are getting worse. Have you noticed Christians are vastly being silenced? Am I right about it? You can't, as a Christian, you cannot say anything that goes against the grain or the culture of the world. If you do, that's intolerant. Y'all need to say preach, Pastor. I am. We're seen as intolerant if we don't agree in a country where we have free speech We have free speech as long as we don't speak anything against what is culturally the normal. We are being pushed and silenced so that maybe not in word, but in our actions, we deny the Lord by not saying something. Are y'all getting me? By not speaking. Again, let's not deny the Lord in word or in action. So we don't say anything because it's not culturally accepted. Listen, we can't allow the devil to push us into a corner. The Bible tells us, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, Romans 12, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed, verse 2, by the renewing of your mind, verse 3, that you might prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. We have to have our minds conform to the things of God and, 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 and love God and be willing to speak for God in the time that God gives us. And I really believe we're, we're, if the Lord doesn't tarry, if the Lord doesn't tarry and he stays where he is and leaves us where we are, I do believe we as believers are facing some very perilous times. And I believe that persecution shall come to the church. And there's going to be a time, perhaps if the Lord tarries, I'm not prophesying, I'm just telling you. If the Lord tarries, there'll be a time where your faith will be tested. Listen to this story and I'll close with this. Let me have your attention. This is a story of Polycarp. And I like to call him Pastor Polycarp. He was the pastor of the Calvary Chapel in Smyrna. That's a joke. There's no Calvary Chapel in Smyrna. 161 AD, listen, church tradition tells us he was murdered under the reign of Marcus Aurelius. Here's the story. The crowds at Smyrna were at the public games, and they began to chant, away with the atheists, let Polycarp be searched for. Christians in those days were known as atheists because they refused to worship Caesar. Well, the next day, as the Romans came to arrest Polycarp, as he entered the arena, a voice came from heaven and said, be strong, Polycarp, and play the man. In the arena, the magistrate gave him a choice, either curse the name of Christ and sacrifice to Caesar or be put to death. His response, 86 years have I served him and he has done me no wrong. How can I blaspheme my king who saved me? Again, the magistrate threatened him and said, unless he cursed the name of Christ and sacrificed to Caesar, he would be burned at the stake. And his response, you threaten me with the fires that burn for a time and is quickly quenched, but not as hot as the fire that you shall experience in judgment to come and in everlasting punishment. Why are you waiting? Come, do what you will. 
And you can read more of that story in the Fox's Book of Martyrs. But here, his faith was tested. Our faith is going to be tested, and we need to be committed Christians. Can I tell you something? Christianity isn't for wimps. Christianity is not for the faint at heart. People died for Jesus Christ so that I can stand here this afternoon and tell you about Jesus. And I don't know how you feel, but I feel it is an honor to be a Christian. It's an honor to be a Christian. It's an honor to be a Christian man. And it's an honor to be a Christian woman. And don't let the devil push you back. Don't let the enemy squeeze you into his mold. You continue to speak the name of Christ and continue to share the gospel and share your testimony. And sometimes it might be awkward. Sometimes it might, you know, um, uh, not necessarily work in your favor. But all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. God's got it. And that's what you got to know. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.